Hello and welcome to Weebspawn. We talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We're by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And on today's episode, we're going to be continuing our Pokemon series with Generation 2 Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. And... I guess spoilers ahead. <laughs> right. Spoilers ahead. So if you are still planning on playing this game that is 23 years old, you better turn this episode off. So I mentioned the remakes too. Yeah. 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 So Pokemon Gold and Silver version are 1999 role-playing video games developed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy Color. They are the first installments of the second generation of the Pokemon games video game series. They were released in Japan in 1999 and in Australia and North America in 2000 and Europe in 2001. Pokemon Crystal, the enhanced version, was released a year later in each region. And I just got to say, how does Australia get a video game before Europe. That just seems... I guess they're closer proximity <laughs> to Japan, but it just seems kind of funny because it's, it's not that far. But whatever. So both games are independent of each other but feature largely the same plot and while both games can be played separately, it is necessary to trade between these games and their predecessors in order to fully complete each game's Pokedex. Pokemon Gold and Silver were critical acclaimed upon release they're consider considered by some to be the best games of the entire series as well as some of the most significant games of the fifth generation of video game consoles they continued the enormous success of the pokemon uh, red and blue as pokemon began to form into a multi-billion dollar franchise and for that claim that it's considered the best games in the entire series it could be argued but if you argue against it you're wrong because it is the <laughs> best game of the entire series and also a quick thing like fifth generation of video game consoles you may not know but the fifth generation video game consoles is actually during ps1 era it's ps1 nintendo 64 sega oh, what was it which Sega was it? Um, if was it the Genesis? It might have been Genesis. Because Dreamcast. Uh, let's see. Dreamcast is older than the PS, or younger than the PS. Oh, 1999 was Dreamcast. So maybe it was Dreamcast because it was between like 99 and 2005. I think they considered yeah. oh, it. Oh Jesus. Um. Genesis was 88. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was probably... Taylor and I were and actually then... just talking about this the other day. We went on a topic. I'm like, oh, Dreamcast has to be old as shit. And then we learned that it's younger than the PS1. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what it means by uh, the fifth generation. And, like, handheld... I looked up the handheld of that generation and literally I've never heard of anything other than the Game Boy Color. There were like <laughs> seven other console or handheld ones and like four of them were only exclusive in Japan and then the others I've never even heard of. So <laughs> just letting you letting you guys know yeah, for clarification cuz yeah, when I guess it says fifth generation of video game consoles and you guys are like the fuck does that mean? Yeah, I guess that makes sense because we're talking about second generation Pokemon, fifth generation video games. It's uh needs a little clarity in there. Also, I could easily see why it is considered one of the best ones because honestly, we're in just a little bit we're gonna go over all the new features. And if you think about it, all these features still exist in every single one of these games, and I don't think I can think of on the top of my head right now that a new game has not brought this many new features ever. Well, like, that's, that's, that's bold. <laughs> if you think about, because like, yes, like Mega Evolution, Dynamax. Oh, you're like saying in, in, new... in the Pokemon. 
Yeah, and I, Pokemon. Yeah, I thought you meant games in general. I'm like, that's a bold statement. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I mean in Pokemon franchise. Gotcha. Going from one generation to the next. Oh, yeah. Because obviously they improve, and there's always, like, one or two gimmicks with the battling. Mm-hmm. But, like, new features entirely, I think this game has the most. And that's probably why it's considered one of yeah. the best games. With that clarification, I completely agree. It's just most of the time people make the assumption or make the claim that the second of any franchise is never as good. It's always bad. I think this is one of the cases where it's like, hot damn, they took a good game and they just fucking, they went made at it. it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they hacked at that shit and whew, it made a hot game. Also, it's definitely better because they made it the second game and they included the first game in it. So how can it not be better? That's true. Although I, when we get to it, I will argue that they could have done the Kanto region a little bit better. Oh, there's definitely rooms for improvement. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's it's only the second gen. It, <laughs> we can we can pick at it a little bit. <laughs> so being the second generation, the storyline is pretty much the exact same. You battle gym leaders to get badges, to get eight badges, to challenge the elite for it, and become champion while trying to fill out your Pokédex. But that doesn't mean they didn't add anything new. For instance, I think one of the major changes is time events. What I mean is that there's now a day and night cycle. I think there's actually day or morning, evening, night. Mm -hmm. I think that is what it's uh, considered. And with this, certain Pokemon now will only appear at certain times during the day. Not to mention the game also has an internal clock that keeps track of the day of the week, allowing certain events that happen on specific days, like the bug catching event. I remember mm. that honestly was one of Hi. my most favorite things, <laughs> and for no reason, be- really. And being a kid, I didn't know about this whole like the time thing. Uh. I just knew you had to talk to a certain person, and they would be like, "Oh, it's not here yet." And so I would just constantly talk to him every day and because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the only way you could catch a Scyther or mm-hmm. Pinsir, yep. depending on your version, is through the bug catching event. Yes. And you had to come in first because mm-hmm. I remember there were times I caught a fucking Scyther and I lost to a Kakuna and I was so pissed because I'm like, how the fuck did I lose to a Kakuna? You obviously didn't realize that that Kakuna was... A shiny Kakuna, obviously. And we'll get to shiny <laughs> a little bit later on. Um, but. but yeah, I also loved the bug catching event for no damn reason. And he's like, yeah, you have to come back on a Tuesday or a Saturday, Sunday or whatever. I'm like, how do I know what day it is? Not realizing that it's the same day as the day you like if you set it for your actual day, it matches with the actual day. But I think that probably was an issue with me as I didn't set it to the correct time and day. So I never knew when the bug catching event was. But yeah, I love that shit. That was an amazing thing. Looking back at it, kind of lame. But damn, it was fun. Yeah, not going to lie. Like, all you do is... It's <laughs> like a mini safari zone. Yeah, I was going to say you... it's the safari zone, but on meth. <laughs> yeah, because you can only do it once. You get a certain amount of special, like, Pokeballs, and you can only catch one Pokemon. And then once you catch your one Pokemon, then the thing is up and you have a contest. And if you win, you get to keep your Pokemon. That's it. <laughs> How traumatizing for those Pokemon, too. Like, you just fucking caught all those Pokemon, and they're like, okay, now you have to release all of those other ones. Like, what the... Right? You just... That's like... That's like going in a wild, catching a deer, dragging it to the games commission, and then be like, yeah, send that deer back, and then doing it again next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But literally, just this one new addition gives you, as a trainer, just a whole new dynamic about catching Pokemon and choosing what to do and when you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the day-night cycle was amazing. Just in general, like it wasn't even like that important. Like it wasn't important, except unless you wanted to complete your Pokedex. 
but like I remember finding a Stantler for the first time. I think they only came out at night or who who and I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I don't know. I've never seen one of these here. And then it came to the conclusion like, oh, it's because it's nighttime. It makes sense. Love that. Or like I think my first one what is Murkrow's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Murkrow because yep. this was the introduction to Dark Type. Murkrow finding Murkrow for the first time uh-huh. at night. That was a interesting beat. Yes. Oh, it's just such a good feature. And do they did they take it out on other games? I don't remember it being a thing in any other game. I, I don't know. It, I know the inter- the clock and like clock based events still remain, in like everything, like from here on. Because I even in like Gen three there were some clock based events and there's some time based events as well. But I think the, I think, cycle of like day and night didn't come back, like or you didn't like really see it. Until, what was it, Black and White? I think it oh, came back yeah. where it actually became like night okay. and day, depending on the time. I, do I think the other games, it would just get dark in specific areas. Or like, because it more became like weather. Mm. And But oh, clock-based yeah. events stayed from here on out, stay. Yeah. So with this new generation comes new Pokemon, and there are over 100 of them. This is one thing that I always looked forward to ever since I realized when they release new gens, they're going to get new Pokemon. This was one of my favorite features because I loved just finding all the new ones, seeing what they had in store for us. So, unfortunately, or fortunately for you guys, we're not (laughs) going to name them all because that's just stupid. But we will name a few of our favorites and the starters that we would choose we're actually going to decide what our team would be if we didn't want to make a strategic team we're just picking some of our faves so the starters that we could choose from the grass type was chikorita the water type was totodile and the fire type was cyndaquil so bobby what would be your favorite gen 2 team ignoring types and being strategic about it for definitely ignoring types uh I'm sure a lot of you can probably guess kind of what types I'd lean towards with this. <laughs> but for sure, my starter would have been for Alligator. I love Typhlosion, but like, I have so many memories with for Alligator. For one, it was the first one I actually did choose because I thought a Gator, like, I understand the whole concept of like, how everyone's like, oh, Designs have gotten worse since, like, Gen 1 because we had a freaking dinosaur, a turtle with <laughs> cannons, and uh, a dragon, and, well, Venusaur was kind of like a dinosaur, like the whatever. But, a dragon that wasn't actually a dragon, I might add. Yeah. For Alligator, from, I look, we'll go over this, too, love the, he starts out really freaking cute as Totodile, and then he becomes <laughs> ferocious as he becomes for Alligator. That just, he was always like my pick, and then is going off a little bit on a different game, Pokemon Coliseum. Mm. I also have him. I also had him in Coliseum, and he was one of my strongest that got me out of so many fights. So he's just always going to have like a special place with me. It's for Alligator. Then we have <laughs> probably one of my all-time favorites, Houndoom. He looks freaking amazing. He's a dog. Uh, if you guys know anything about Pokemon, battling-wise, he's honestly atrocious. It really pains me whenever I want to try to use him, but I just know he's so bad. Because he doesn't even learn, like, Dark Pulse or Flamethrower. Well, I think he might learn Flamethrower. But, like, Dark Pulse, you have to teach him a TM. Two of the most powerful moves he could use you have to use either TM or wait until he's like level 60 to get. So it sucks. Then we have Steelix, which he was new, which you needed train, which kind of sucked, but I absolutely love Steelix. Heracross, one of the new bug type, bug fighting. He, a big beetle. And honestly, he's just really cool. I loved him. Pile of Swine, a big mammoth that 
honestly, there's not much to look at with him. <laughs> I don't know why I like Pyloswine so much. Maybe because of my love with ancient history and everything coming in. And then my all-time favorite legendary, Lugia. Could be, I'm not going to lie, I could have a lot of bias towards it because of his movie he was in. But I think just from design standpoint and just like seeing him and everything, Lugia is just my all-time favorite legendary. Lugia is definitely a dope-ass legendary. Uh, I agree with most of your team. For Alligator, great choice. He's a pretty close second for my starters in this one. What do you mean Cause... close? There's no <laughs> way you're choosing Chikorita. I'm sorry. There's uh, there's definitely no. I mean worse. I mean like close. Like he's he's close to being first. Is what I'm saying. Like he's he, between Typhlosion and him. It's it's pretty close. Okay. Okay. Not. <laughs> I'm not arguing for Chikorita. No offense to anyone out there who chose them. You're just wrong. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's a close second. Coming into almost in the first, because I chose for alligator a lot. I I swap back and forth all the time on my playthroughs, but I did ultimately too, I chose Typhlosion. Yeah, Typhlosion by no means is I don't think any less cool than for alligator. It's just like with other games I've used him, he solidified that like unless I'm specifically trying to do like a challenge or whatever. I think from now on I will always choose. Totodile over Cyndaquil, but Cyndaquil again is another one that is so cute at the beginning and then becomes really fucking cool at the end. So Typhlosion is another absolutely yeah, great fucking adorable. I gotta say, they did a really good job with in Gen two of making the first evolutions really cute and then making a lot of the final evolutions fierce as fuck. So I think that was pretty cool. Just probably why Chikorita didn't get a lot of love. I mean, Chikorita's cute. Oh, I guess Meganium isn't not. I, I was about uh, to say, it's fierce. more Meganium. I honestly like Bayleaf over Meganium. I liked Bayleaf a lot. I think Bayleaf was dope. Um, Definitely not dope enough for me to choose Chikorita yeah, more than once. I've only chose Chikorita <laughs> once, I believe. Which, which I think I did too because I was like, you know what? I've never used Chikorita. Not I'm a bad Pokemon, honestly. <laughs> No, to be but, honest with you, it's not, but... It's all about looks, baby. It's all about <laughs> looks. <laughs> so, as my second one, this is purely a nostalgia thing from when I originally played, is Ariados. Because I loved Spinarak, again, for the cute factor. I, I just chose Ariados in this, because why not? Never, not really that good in a battle though. So you need to get your status effects in there and get Ariados the fuck out because you're gonna lose. And then my next one would be uh, Donphan, which is Fanfi's evolution again. Fanfi is adorable, and I think it was because Fanfi was such a late game Pokemon that made me attracted to getting Fanfi in the team and evolving it to a Donphan, just because it's like this Pokemon's about to be sweet. If I can't get this Pokemon until I'm already at the 8th gym's location. So, that's pretty cool. That's why I threw them in there. Tyranitar, definitely in there. They got that pseudo-legendary. Larvitar's adorable. Tyranitar's a beast. Really hard to get because you don't get that till end game. So, whatever. But, yeah, Tyranitar is absolute unit. And then I chose Kingdra. I had a really hard time between choosing Kingdra or choosing... Mantine, and again, Mantine's just one of those nostalgia factors. Don't really get them that often. Um, it's they're kind of semi-rare. You can find them on the ocean at any point in time, but they, you don't encounter them all that often. You can definitely fish for a, a horsey much quicker than I think you could probably get a Mantine. But Kingdra's pretty cool. Went with them overall. And then for my legendary, I chose Entei because Entei is really closely tied to Lugia. But overall, I think I like Entei a little better because I am a fire type person. And one thing I think Gen 2 did dirty was the fire types. They don't really have many and they're not that cool. So they threw Entei in there, which is a dope ass fire type. And Typhlosion's dope. But all of them else in between, 
I would say they were lacking. Houndoom is cool, but again, they did him dirty by not making him that strong. So, had to throw Entei in there for some fire representation. I was just looking. There's literally like 10 three. fire types. Oh. Three belong to Cyndaquil. Two are... Magma Macargo. The, yeah, that. And then the other two are Legendary, Entei, and uh, Ho-Ho. Mm. And then you have Houndoom and Hounder. And then Magby. And Magby, which is a baby Pokemon. So, yeah. You really had no... no Not many choices. Uh, fire to- yeah, yeah, so you if you're fire at the if you're whittling it down <laughs> to evolutions as one, then you have Cyndaquil, Houndoom, uh, Magby, Legendary, Legendary, and Slugma. So six, six fire types total out of a hundred Pokemon. Yeah. Oof. But I would have definitely put Dawnfan on mine. I could easily swap that out for either Heracross or Pyloswine, but. Again, a lot of these Pokemon also got better with generations to come. But, like, Gen 2, you got to remember, we're strictly talking about, like, Gen 2. Dawnfan was not strong in this. You didn't have, like, any moves to really help him. That's the problem. Yeah. So, that's our team. And along with these new Pokemon, there were... Just as many new Pokemon moves as well. Again, unfortunately or fortunately, we are not going over all of these. But there are a few outliers that made it that like are still being used even in Pokemon today, which are Ancient Power, Belly Drum, Baton Pass, Crunch, Destiny Bond, Detect. We got False Swipe, Flame Wheel, Giga Drain, Hellbell, Mean Look, Mean Look. That's a that was that came <laughs> in clutch. When you were trying to get those legendary dogs that keep running away from you. Yes. That boy was a must. If you didn't have mean look, you were playing with fire. Because either you're hitting them and risking killing them, trying to get them on that low health. Or you're just throwing Pokeballs, hoping to catch it on that one chance. Like that less than 0.1% chance or some shit. Yeah, you're playing with fire there. Then we got like Iron Tail, Megahorn. Milk Drain, which was exclusive to Milk Tank, and this was like a healing move. Oh, I hate Milk Tank so much. Whew. Uh, Octazooka, which was exclusive to Octillery. We got some Outrage. We got some Pain Split, Protect, Shadow Ball, Spikes, and Swagger. And some of these moves I have never used in my entire life, but I know some. they're pretty good. (laughs) A lot of these moves I... Mostly put most of these in because every now and then I do catch the tournament for Pokemon. I forget what it's actually called. Uh, the like summer splits and stuff like that. And almost every one of these moves I listed has been used. Swagger, I don't think has been, but it's been used quite a bit. Um, so I just wanted to give it some recognition. And with the milk drink that I. St- Still think is exclusive to Milk Tank. I'm not sure I would if anyone else can. Octazuka can actually be learned by a couple other Pokemon, so it's no longer exclusive. But at the time, it was, so I wanted to make sure. Same with, I want to say Flame Wheel. At the time of Gen Two, I'm not 100. I think it was Typhlosion's signature move. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was learned by anyone else at the time i mean there's only like like you said like six fire types so i don't know if any of them could learn it giga drain is a pretty big one false swipe everyone probably has used that and everyone has died to a destiny bond so (laughs) (laughs) destiny bond that's the one where basically if that pokemon dies you die right yes hmm you gotta use you use it first, like it has priority. So you use it if you think you're gonna get like. Well, I don't KO. actually. I don't know if it has priority, um, because if it does, everyone would probably be using it. But yeah, if you think you're gonna get knocked out the next turn and you don't think you can kill them, you do Destiny Bond. They knock you out and then you drag them down with you. Which honestly, that's kind of a dope move. Yeah, except I think 
the only person who could learn it were was why not Gengar? and oh Wobbuffet. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I thought it was a ghost. Maybe story. they may have been able to learn it in Gen two. I know they can learn it now, but I think Gen two it was only the why not and Wobbuffet. <sighs> but just like new Pokemon and moves, this game added not one two new pokemon types they are steel and dark type steel was mostly a defensive typing resisting 11 types and immune to one type being poison however offensively they were only strong against ice and rock so you pretty much only use them for their high defenses dark type is more of an offensive than steel but I don't know how offensive they are because there are actually a lot of dark types that are super bulky too. So, But they were super effective against Ghost and Psychic. And Psychic at the time was extremely overpowered still. So it was good that we have an entire new type to fight against it. And also, Dark was immune to Psychic. Though, in Gen 2, Steel type actually resisted Dark. So it was funny that they added new types, but then they're like, wait, if dark is too strong because now it counters the strongest typing, they're like, we'll just have steel type resist it. <laughs> so I thought it was also kind of funny that within the two new types, one type resisted the new type. So with the new types also came, actually, I just want to say one thing. I know this, I'm going off topic on um, generations, but just talking about resistances and stuff. One thing that is absolutely crazy to me is the amount of resistances Magnezone has. It is, like, resistant <laughs> to fucking everything because of its steel electric. It has crazy amount of resistance. It's resistant to normal, flying, rock, bug, steel, grass, electric, psychic, ice, dragon, and fairy, immune to poison, and it's only weak to fighting ground and fire. Which, Magnezone has the levitate ability, so... So, ground moves are... Uh, does it have levitate? I'm almost positive it has the levitate ability, does it not? Uh, let's see real quick. Let me do a control F, lev. Despite most depictions of Magnezone showing they are able to float in the air, Magnezone does not have the levitate ability. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, no. It has Magnapol and Sturdy. Whew, but still. Uh, what is that? Nine resistances, eleven resistances. One, two, three, four, five. Ferrothorn has um, eleven resistances. Ferrothorn has less, only weak to fighting and fire. Damn. It's grass, grass, uh, steel. I think it's actually been confirmed that's like the best defensive typing you can get because it. What Pokemon is this? Ferrothorn. Ah. Because it resists two, four, six, eight, nine different ones, and quad resists grass, immune to poison, super effective against fighting, and the quad uh, weak to fire. So that's the one downside. Yeah, so both those pretty strong resistance. Way off topic. I just wanted to point that out that resistances are wild in this game. <laughs> So, anyway, with the new types also came came about a new physical slash special split that was based on type. And so what I mean by this is that all normal flying, fighting, flying, poison, ground, rock, bug, ghost, and steel type moves were considered physical no matter the move. And vice versa for special was fire, water, grass, electric, um, psychic, ice, dragon, and dark. Um Moves themselves were separate by physical and special like they are today, but were actually based on typing. But this wasn't the only change to battling as we're also introduced to held items. So they started changing up things that were... It started adding complexity to the game that I think was just really well received overall. And held items were just items that could be held during items that would have various effects. And for example, you gave a Pokemon an Oranberry to hold, and once their 
their HP got below a certain amount, they would eat the berry and regain 20 hit points back. So this added a little bit of pre-planning to uh, your your moves and to your battles. So if you thought like, okay, my Aridos sucks ass in fights and he often gets destroyed. I'm going to give him an Orenberry so he can last one extra hit and I can help get more status effects on other people. And you can kind of strategize that way. Or maybe you have a powerhouse and you're like, if I give him this Orenberry or Quick Claw or something, he can get more attacks in and potentially KO an opponent before they have a chance to attack or he'll take more tanky damage. You can... It verse made your battle style versatile. And it was really nice to try and figure out um, how you would work that out. Yeah, it definitely added a whole new spin on battling. And this is why, also with this physical special split, is why certain Pokemon were absolute trash in Gen 2 that aren't <laughs> so now. One big instance is Sneevil. Sneevil. Yeah, Sneevil. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Weavile is the evolved form. Sneevil is Dark Ice. And both of those... Sneasel. Sneasel, right? yeah. yeah. Both of those are considered special moves. But if you look at its stats, its highest stat is attack, which is physical. So that means you caught a super fast, super physical Pokemon that can only use special moves. So until they made the split to special attack and special defense... This Pokemon was practically trash because it couldn't <laughs> use its high physical attack no matter what. Even Crunch that we know today is a physical move was considered special because they just decide on typings to make it physical or special. And so next up, going off of battling, we have Pokemon Breeding. If you're a newer fan of Pokemon or just never played the original, you probably didn't even know that they didn't have Pokemon breeding until the second generation. For those who don't know, here's a little oversight of what Pokemon breeding can do. For one, Pokemon are now assigned A groups, and only Pokemon within the same A group can breed with each other. Of course, that's all obsolete if you manage to get a Ditto, since Dittos can be matched with anyone. There are a few that can't be bred, namely Legendary, Most Mythics, or Baby Pokemon, etc. And the benefits of breeding is you can pass on the parent's IV stats. In Generation 2 games, the baby inherits its stats from the parent of the opposite gender, unless one parent is Ditto. In that case, it inherits the stats of Ditto. And IV stats, or individual values, are things that they give, like, Attack, defense, speed, HP, special. And the higher the IV stat, the higher your maximum overall attack, whatever stat would be once you hit level 100. So if you're getting into competitive battling, these are the stats that you needed to know. And they also are the key stats for shinies. But we'll get into that in a little bit. On top of all that, You can also get what is known as an egg move. And egg moves, as the name can suggest, are moves a Pokemon can't learn normally, but can get from a different Pokemon of a different species while hatched, like after being hatched. So, for example, if you have a Charmander, Charmander really can't learn Belly Drum. However, if you breed a Charizard and a Snorlax, which makes zero fucking sense, um, <laughs> and the Snorlax has Belly Drum, you can hatch a Charmander with the Belly Drum move. Um, how a Charmander, or a Charizard and a Snorlax are breeding, you'll have to ask your parents. Um, <laughs> I mean, the whole Railord and Skitty can yeah, breed together. <laughs> uh, Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, Skitty just... Never mind. Um, <laughs> the skitty has to be the guy in that situation, for sure. <laughs> um, lastly, if you give one of your parents, one of the parents, not your parents, uh, an Everstone, your parents are not breeding with <laughs> Snorlax. 
If you give one of the parents an Everstone, they will pass on the their nature to the baby. And in later gens, this specifically has to be the mother. But, yeah, enough of that because you guys I, I probably aren't really interested in breeding. But if you are, we can make another episode in itself because it gets kind of wild. Like the the breeding charts and all the chaos that goes into it, it's, it's a pretty in-depth feature. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know you do, like with the IVs and stuff like that. You have worked on getting shinies and breeding yeah, and stuff. Just because breeding has honestly have gotten so much easier easier since I believe like sun and moon. Because you have EV tractors, IV trackers. Basically easier to get all the items you need to get specific Pokemon and how you get them. So there's definitely a lot that goes into it and a lot more complicated stuff than what we did i just put two pokemon together and waited to see if i got an egg or not i always thought the pokemon had to be the same breed i or yeah like the same pokemon i did not realize that you back then that you could do charla charizard and snorlax and get a charmander like it's just weird to me that they allow it, but i get it adds for more versatility and some crazy ass shit behind the scenes yeah, I but thought uh, I mostly thought you had to be the same species, but I, I think later on I would just kind of throw a couple of Pokemon in there. Yeah, and see what see, happens. Yeah, basically see what happens. And when I realized you could get eggs from non-same species, I would just put whatever I wanted to. And then I remember also when I finally got a Ditto, uh, I wanted more of my starter Pokemon. So I would be like, put my starter in a Ditto. And I'm like, yes, I got it more because <laughs> you couldn't catch your starter anymore also actually since we're still on the topic of eggs real quick i did want to say one thing i really liked about gen 2 was the fact that the daycare man gives you an egg and then you carry it around and shit and hatch it and you get like a random chance of a, a special pokemon and i thought that was cool because i'm always like what am i gonna get and then i get something shitty and i'm like i i hate this i carried around this egg for so long and now I have a fucking Igglypuff. Yeah. For some shit. I forgot to mention, I guess this is a good time to mention, baby Pokemon, or what they consider baby Pokemon was first introduced here, which was Igglybuff, Magby, Elekit. What? No. Was it Elekit considered a baby? No. Yep. It is. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I think. Pichu. Pichu, that's what it was. Yeah, so I'm looking at the list. It's Pichu, Kofea, Igglybuff, Tyrogue, Smoochum, Elekid, Magby. That Tyrogue, that, and Tyrogue's the one that involves it. Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, or Hitmontop that was introduced. Yeah, in super one. cool. I never knew that. and I didn't I know it was based him. on stats on how it evolved. I, I literally thought it was either. random. I did too, and I got uh, Hitmontop, and I was very upset because I wanted Hitmonlee. <laughs> So, this game just ruined my hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, because the first egg you get, you have a random chance of being yeah. any one of those baby Pokemon. And then, obviously, anything else is from your breeding. So. Yeah. Like, I wanted a Magby or an Elekid, and they give me a Tyrogue. I think I wanted the Elekid, because there wasn't, like, any good electric Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, And actually, the chances of a Shiny were actually pretty high. It's kind of weird. I didn't know that. I'm looking at the chart. And yeah, for breeding. For each type, it, for old egg, the one they give you. Oh, I didn't know about that. The old egg has a minimum of a 1% chance for a couple Pokemon. The highest is a 3% chance for a shiny Clefay or Iggly buff. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, the... I mean, not, not bad odds. Not good, but... But you brought on the next topic, which is <laughs> arguably yeah. the best addition to Pokemon, Shinies. Now, Shinies are literally no different than the exact same Pokemon, just a different color palette. Obviously, there are some that are really cool and some that are extremely stupid, like Gengar, <laughs> who you can't even tell is the same until... Mm. It, Though the Dynamax version, where he becomes completely white, 
is pretty fucking sweet. Why didn't they just have him do that? that? And yeah, it's weird. He if you have a shiny Gengar, he looks almost the exact same. I think it's like slightly darker purple. And then when he Gigantamax or yeah to his special form, he becomes completely white. Uh, Why didn't they just do that in the first place? Who knows? But in Generation 2, being shiny was determined by a Pokemon's IVs. If a Pokemon... Which I did not know. I did not know either. I thought it was happenstance. If a Pokemon's speed, defense, and special IV are all 10, and its attack IV is 2, 3, 6, 7, 10, 11, 14, or 15, it will be shiny. Because of this, a shiny Pokemon traded to Generation 1 game and then traded back to Generation 2 will retain its shininess. Any Pokemon obtained in Generation 1 whose IVs meet the requirements for shininess will also become shiny when traded to Generation 2. So although technically shinings did not exist in Generation 1, you can argue that they are still shiny because of the IV stats. Once you become Generation 2, then it becomes shiny though. So. Nah, if their sprite doesn't change, they ain't a shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and the probability of a Pokemon encountered in the wild or obtained as a gift, in-game trade, or event in Generation 2 having its IVs lined up in the above manner is 1 in 8,192. Assuming every IV combination has the same probability, which is usually the case. The probability differs for bred Pokemon as their IVs are partially influenced by their parents again it's a whole nother like we could do a whole episode on pokemon breeding and this is one of the reasons why because it changed so much from generation two till now but everyone loves a good shiny so this was when it started was generation two yeah okay so it's funny because when i first learned about shinies um I googled, or I don't know if it was Google at the time. Ask Jeeves, maybe. I was I was searching oh God, online. <laughs> I was searching online how to find shinies in Pokemon Crystal or Silver, whatever one I was playing at the time. And I don't know if the the functionality of the game were were fully known at the time, so. It would basically just say, like, shinies can be found in this area. And it had pictures of shiny Pokemon. And I'm like, ooh, I want this shiny or this shiny. So it's like, you can find a shiny here or here in Route 13. So I would go and I would be searching Route 13 for hours looking for a shiny. And then eventually just getting sad and giving up because I could not find the stupid-ass shiny Pokemon I wanted. Which is funny because that's actually how you're supposed to shiny hunt. I know. But, um, yeah, I have a very similar story. It's for Gen 3. Is This was back when like cheat codes were a thing. And mm. I had a cheat code book. And one of them was specifically a shiny Wingle. And I think... Wow, that's a good shiny. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Generation 3 was where I started actually getting like into shinies because I think that is where i got my first like legit shiny was generation three but anyways it it exactly did what you said it said go to this route and like i think there was an input command you could do and like this is how you get the shiny wingle or whatever and i would i did that for like an hour or two and i'm like what the fuck why isn't the shiny wingle coming there's no shiny wingle (laughs) not realizing it's literally just a chance encounter. Luck, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't get my first shiny until black and white. My first natural shiny. Until black and white, and it was a fungus. Yeah, mine, I believe, was Gen 3. And you know the first cave you go into to get uh, to Steven? At like Dewport mm-hmm. City or whatever it is. Oh yeah, the yeah. The second yeah. gym. That I found a shiny Zubat. Oh, which is kind of cool. Are yeah. they green or something? Yeah, they're completely green. And then they, I forget what shiny Crobat is, but they completely changed Crobat. I think he's pink. Green. Yeah, 
something like that. Instead of purple, he's pink. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, I, um, I would have been fine if you just kept him green, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, my first shiny that I got, not legitimately, like, I didn't catch him. Somebody else did, but they caught him legit, was a Combi. And that was Diamond and Pearl. You catch them by lathering honey on a tree, I believe, and yeah. you have a chance of getting a Combi. And they caught a shiny and then they wanted to reset their world so they're like i'm gonna trade this to you so we don't lose the shiny and then when i had it he's like you know what i don't even want it back so <laughs> i had a red combi nice yeah don't know if i still have him i might not sure i'm pretty sure if i look back at my game i think i still have my shiny zubat yeah. or gold bat i still have my i still have my shiny fungus i never used him though i don't know if he's actually a good pokemon he's actually really good He's actually, he? yeah, oh, uh, Among Us, yeah. yeah, is actually constant. Well, I don't know this year. It was either in 2019 or 2020. He was used in almost every team in the championship. Damn. Well, fuck. I might, if I ever get back on, I might play. Because VG, oh, VGC, that's what it's called. VGC is all about uh, double battles. And Fungus was very tanky and could easily um, either put people to sleep or direct attacks to him. So, like, mm. a lot of people had him on their team. Interesting. Yeah, he's actually very strong in double battles as a defensive support mon. Huh. Well, I might have to try him. But enough about our shiny encounters. <laughs> Lastly, for new features, and there have been a lot of them is the introduction to apricots and how oh, I loved this feature because these apricots introduced new type of pokeballs and they can be crafted from these apricots. So once you get to the second gym and help out old man Kurt, you can start collecting these apricots and from trees and give them to Kurt and he will craft them into different Pokeballs depending on what type you give him. And it takes a little bit of time. You have to come back to him like the next day or a couple days later. So this was really cool feature because up until now, we really only had Pokeball, Great Ball, Ultra Ball, and Master Ball. But now, if you get the Black Apricot, it turns into a Heavy Ball. Blue turns into a Lure. Green turns into a Friend. Pink turns into Love. Red turns into Level. White turns into fastball, and yellow turns into a moon ball. And each of these balls have special features, which you can talk about if you would like. But yeah, I love this feature because I love just getting the different Pokeballs because they were free. And it was just a dope-ass thing because it's new. It's something you don't normally get. I don't know if I fully understood it at the time of what each one did, but I would have used them more strategically if I did know. Yeah, not to mention, like you said, just the new aspect when... Because you got to remember, this was back in 1999, 2000. So the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So you couldn't just Google search, hey, what does this do? Not to mention, we're also like five and six years old. So... Yeah. <laughs> we were a little late to the game. We're not like... We're not... We're not OGs. We, we we had a few years. Yeah, we after we didn't uh, we didn't just look up like oh what do apricots do or like whatever because uh, so we didn't know what they did. So all we knew is we gave them an apricot and we'd get a Pokeball back. And there were like all these like he mentioned all the different colored ones. So we didn't know like what do, but if you didn't know, heavy balls have a better catching rate. With Pokemon that have a higher weight. Go figure. Lure balls increases your chances when you engage in a fishing encounter. Again, very self-explanatory, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Same with friend balls. Pokemon becomes friendlier. Which makes sense why this was introduced here. Because a lot of baby Pokemon evolved through mm -hmm. friendship. So, it made Espeon sense. Espeon specifically? And well, Umbreon. I mean, um Umbreon was also friendship. It just was night cycle. Yeah. And okay. Espeon gotcha. was day. Gotcha. And then we have love balls, which 
I thought would just been basically an improved version of f uh, the friend ball, but it actually increases your chance when trying to catch a Pokemon opposite Jenner than yours. That one actually could be very helpful. Level ball increases your chances the higher your Pokemon level is compared to theirs. Fast or more fastballs are more likely to catch Pokemon that have high speed or are quick to flee, like the roaming legendaries. And then lastly, we have moon balls, which are good for catching Pokemon that use a moonstone to evolve. So, and what a niche yeah. Pokemon! I was say, there like, are make quite it a few at niche. nighttime. <laughs> like you could have made it made it easier to catch Pokemon at night. Nope, Moonstone. What? What is that? Three Pokemon? <laughs> Pretty much. Like Clefairy, Nidoran, Nid. They're both Nidorans. But like, does that include the the lesser like Nidorina? I would or, assume. Well, Nidoran? Okay, like it goes all the way. Yeah, down I think the line it's the evolutions. entire evolutionary line. Okay. To be fair, they at least made Dusk Ball, which does increase. Yeah, but for, that wasn't until Gen 3. Yeah, but it's Cave Pokemon or Night. So, yeah, nowadays there's a lot of different types of Pokeballs, and like some have very niche things. Like now we have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the Fastball is still a Fastball or if it changed to Quick Ball. I know Quick Ball is a thing, but I just don't know if Fastball is still a thing or if it changed to Quick Ball. But Quick Ball. You have like three times the catch rate of a normal Pokeball if you use it on the very first turn of battle compared to like everything else. And then like afterwards, it's like loses its effective ability. So a lot of people use Quick Ball when they want to finish like the Pokedex. But yeah, there's been a lot of different Pokeballs, but it started here where all the different types. And like you said, it was always cool to come in and see what new type of Pokeball you'd get from him. Yeah, that was one of my favorite. Basically, all these features I loved, but I really like that one because you get free Pokeballs. And like I said, a lot with all these new features, the internet wasn't prevalent. I remember, I think, what was the, I don't know what gym it was. It was like the ghost gym that you had to walk a very specific area. Otherwise, you get sent to the back. Do you remember that gym I'm uh, talking about? <clears throat> Yes. Um, fuck, I can't remember which one that was. It's like a Elzelia's, yeah, or something like that. I think something like that. It was like the ghost or dark, one of the. I think it's ghost, ghost gym. And I remember. I don't know how you found out, but like when I first went there, I was like, "How the fuck do I get there? Like, I'm so confused. I don't." And you're like, "Oh, you have to do this," and like. It was like our first time learning the different gimmicks and gyms and stuff that we didn't know because we didn't have the strategy guide and we didn't look up online to like figure out how to do it. So it was just cool exploring all these like new features. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Good times. Now like Good game. Yeah, now thinking All time back, fair. there's like so many new features. We have the time events, baby Pokemon, new types, the physical special split. I mean, obviously that will get changed a little bit later, but that's something new. Pokemon breeding. Breeding. Yeah. Shinies, Shinies. The new different Pokeball. There's like, yeah, that's like seven to eight new features in one game. Yeah. And then on top of that, you can go back to the Kanto region and battle all the old gyms oh my god after you beat the elite four i almost forgot that story i i think you had the same problems as me i'm not 100 percent sure but if you look in town map on the town map in order to get to kanto you had to go through victory road or so it seemed and I can't tell you how many hours I probably put in Victory Road trying to find this, like, secret exit to get to Kanto when you actually had to take, like, a boat there. I was so pissed when I found that out because... You had to, you had to like, swim from your hometown or some shit. Like, surf from your hometown, and then there was, like, some cave shit and... 
it was still annoying and difficult. Yeah, it just wasn't Victory Road. I don't know why the mm-hmm. map made it look like that. Because, like, literally where the intersects, if you put it, it says Victory Road. So <laughs> I went in Victory Road, and I explored that cave, like, top to bottom so many times trying to find this stupid exit to get me to Kanto. Uh, and, yeah, you could go battle the original eight, uh, the Elite Four, and then go to Mount Silver to fight Red. Battle yourself. Yeah, your old self. Fight Red. It would be really cool if somehow you could port your original Gen 1 game in, battle the Elite Four, and whatever Pokemon you beat the Elite Four with, that's the Pokemon that Red has. Yeah, like your most recent uh, bio or whatever. Yeah, too bad it was uh, Game Boy Color era, so... Yeah. I feel like they could easily do that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like they should have what they should have done is because Heart Gold Soul Silver with the remakes. Obviously I don't I don't know how complicated shit would be. But <laughs> cuz you could have that game and and Fire Red and Leaf Green at the same time. If your game was completed, and, like, the game could basically do that and be like, oh, look at your Hall of Fame record because it's on your trainer card or whatever. Look through your ID and then put that champion in as your, as the yeah. Mount Silver. That would be cool. That would have been really sweet if they could do that. But they couldn't. Or they haven't. One thing they <clears throat> they definitely could have done better. I feel like when you got over there, the levelings weren't scaled very well. So it was too easy to beat all the Pokemon gyms. I don't know how they would have scaled it since you are at such a high level when you beat the Elite Four. I feel like what they... But I feel like, Oh, God. Uh, it's just because I think they could have done something with... Because it, it takes longer to level up as you increase your level, so... They could have just made smaller gaps, but they could have made it progressively harder for each gym. I don't know. Yeah, I think what they could have done is what they did, actually. And just recently, in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, is after you beat the Elite Four, you can actually re-challenge all the gym leaders, and they'll have a full team, and they're like level 70. Which Mm -hmm. I think is fine. I think if you just beat the Elite Four, which... The highest level was like 65. You most likely had higher levels or at least around there. So level 70, I think, would have been perfect. So I think that would have been perfect if all the gym leaders, they just wiped it across the board and was like, oh, all gym leaders in Kanto now have a full team and is level 70 because you're the champion. They they should have a a full team already. Mm -hmm. I know it's a new region, but like, yeah. Yeah. But I definitely did but like yeah. the all the new things that they added in. I'm trying to think. I think honestly, I just really liked the the day night cycle because I thought it was cool that you could mm-hmm. meet different Pokemon based on the day or the time of, of day. Yeah. That was an awesome feature. Because, like I said, we didn't have the book. We didn't have online to really look up, like, oh, this Pokemon is in Route 6 at night. We didn't know that. So, when it became night, I would go to, like, a lot of different grasses or routes that I've already been through and just look and see, like, what new Pokemon was there. I just always loved Mm -hmm. the feeling of, like, finding the new Pokemon. And it's definitely probably my favorite generation because crystal i grew up with crystal or i had crystal not gold or silver so i kind of got the best of both worlds and it's still probably one of my favorite pokemon games yeah it was also fun one small thing it was fun when on crystal version when there was sweet coon and you had to run around to find sweet coon's corpse like before he actually ran to before you can encounter him in the wild, you'd actually see his physical sprite. Oh yeah, jumping around. I thought that was fun. 
Oh yeah. And, little Easter egg hunt. And trying to get those fucking legendaries. Oh, oh, that was a pain. Even when you knew like the method to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need that freaking mean look because even when you put them to sleep, they would still run away, and it's like, yeah. Excuse How? me. <laughs> He's sleep running. Stupid. So dumb. But yeah, I think that's it. So do you have a question of the day? So instead of the, I honestly can't remember what my generation one question was, whether it was like <laughs> favorite Pokemon or what starter did you pick to begin your journey? Uh, I, just, I do want to actually hear your starters, what you guys chose like your first time, not what we choose today. I mean, you could do both, but I'm just very curious. I always like hearing the first time they picked like when they first got the game and how it's like changed but out of all these new features i've talked about which one is your favorite although i extremely like the day and night cycle i i still think i had to give it to shinies i just the mm-hmm. scent of accomplishment back then when you got a shiny was absolutely amazing well, we would never know because we never did. Well, in Gen three, <laughs> I did. So, yeah, it's similar. <sighs> but like, when I learned of shinies and everything, and I guess, well, I guess it's more for Gen three. But since it was introduced here, shinies just have been a staple of like bragging rights, I guess, kind of. But it also kind of sucks that they made it like so much easier to get shinies nowadays. Yeah. I don't like how easy it is. Yeah. But but I do have to agree that's my favorite feature that they added as well. The close second like if I didn't want to if you guys consider a cop out answer because everyone loves shinies. <laughs> the probably the different I like crafting the different pokeballs. I wish that was mm-hmm. more prevalent in other games not just like Legend Arceus, that we can actually craft Pokeballs, but like actually bring this back where we have the apricots or whatever, even if it's not apricots anymore, whatever it is we need just to have a Pokeball maker in the newer gens, because I thought that was cool. Even more so than like Pokemon breeding to get new eggs, get new moves. Obviously, new types are cool, and steel type is one of my favorites, but I just really miss being able to trade in apricots and getting Pokeballs that you couldn't get anywhere else. You couldn't buy them. Like, you actually had to go out, find the correct apricot to get a specific ball. So, that would be mine. Yeah, that would be a nice one to bring back, for sure. Now we just have stupid things like collect these berries and make smoothies. <laughs> I mean, that was Gen Three. Yeah, but. don't go too much because we gotta do. We gotta say that yeah. for Gen Three because <laughs> that's a big thing in Gen Three. Uh, contests, stupid. All right. Anyway, before I start rambling on about Gen Three, then two facts of the day: the games, the games almost smashed the sales of Red and Blue. And by 2010, they had gone gone on to sell over two, sorry, 23 million units, making them the best-selling game for the Game Boy Color and the third best-selling game for the Game Boy family of systems, which is extremely impressive. Yeah, so if you look, uh, Game Boy, like just Game Boy, Pokemon Red and Blue still hold the title at like 49 million units. And then right below it yeah. is, of course, Tetris. With 36 million, and then it's this game with 23 million, but it's first for Game Boy Color, because the other one Mm -hmm. was game for the Game Boy. Yeah. That's what it means by the Game Boy family of systems. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. And then our last fact is Bobby's first level 100 Pokemon came from this gen, and it was Magneton. So, funny story real quick before we get close this out about this. 
I, I just had to include it. The reason why it was Magneton that I got is one, there's like, like we kind of mentioned, there's no good electric Pokemon in this gen. Like, there's like no new mm-hmm. ones besides like Alligid and Raikou. There's like, no, or Chinchou. But the Magneton also became Steel type in this. So I thought Steel Electric, dope ass combination. And I honestly actually really like the Magneton line. But the reason why it got so high level was I put an EXP share on it and then I completely forgot. And I don't know how <laughs> ignorant I was while playing games that I didn't see the extra, oh, Magneton game, so-and-so XP. And by the time I realized, it was like level 86 when I got to the Elite Four. And I was like, how the fuck is it this high? And I'm like, oh, I kept EXP Sharon. So I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to keep it to him. And yeah, I got my first level 100 Pokemon and <laughs> was Magneton. That is the most ridiculous way to get him. <laughs> okay, so yeah. That was your first... I'll talk about my first level 100 gen Pokemon uh, when I get to gen 3. Because that one's equally as dumb. It was, I was challenging myself, and I just think it's stupid. <laughs> So anyway, that'll be it for this episode. So don't forget to follow, uh, show us some love and support at patreon.com slash weebspawn. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at weebspawn. And you can contact us at weebspawn at gmail.com. That'll be it from us today. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weebspawn.